What if I told you your 2023 national champion USC Trojans are playing the toughest strength of schedule in 2024? You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you'd like to download your podcast, we're free. I appreciate your support, and I'd appreciate it just a little bit more if you uh, become a free subscriber. If you're watching on YouTube, it's really easy. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that thumbs up like button. Both of those contributions mean a whole heck of a lot to the show. And because Locked on USC comes at you five times a week, Monday through Friday, even during the off-season, hit that bell notification button and you will not miss an episode. Now, yes, I know I probably jumped the gun, a little bit of hyperbole with the open there at the top of the show. But to be honest, it's possible. If Caleb Williams stays healthy throughout the 2023 season and USC decides they want to play tackle football on defense, uh, regardless of where USC finishes this upcoming season. Starting in 2024, USC is going to have the type of schedule at a conference as well as conference schedule that is going to make the SEC and their fans just hang their heads in shame. Just a reminder, the big conference, the Big Ten conference, that will be 16 teams strong starting in 2024, they're going to be playing nine conference games, three out-of-conference games, while the SEC decided to take the easier path, eight conference games and four out-of-conference games when Texas and Oklahoma joined their conference in 2024. Meanwhile, on the other side of the tracks, those remaining Pac-10 teams that are watching USC uh, party with the cool people over there, with their new scheduling, uh, they're kind of watching USC do the belly laugh while they're over there. It kind of reminds me of that Kermit the Frog meme where he's leaning up against the, the rainy window and it kind of gives you the illusion of he's crying. That's how I envision Pac-10 fans right now as they watch USC, kind of enjoying the moment with their new conference schedule. They're not dreading, oh, we got to play Washington State. Oh, it's Oregon State this year. Oh. Yeah. All these games are new and something to look forward to. And as far as the strength of schedule is concerned, much more difficult. In fact, here. Here's USC's 2024 schedule. Here's their out-of-conference schedule first. They open with... Louisiana State, LSU, that game's in Las Vegas. Then USC will host San Jose State. And then the end of the year, they uh, they take on Notre Dame in Los Angeles. Here's their conference schedule. Home games. And we don't have the dates yet, but this is who USC is playing at home in two years. Michigan, Illinois, Iowa, Wisconsin. Their away games, Maryland, Northwestern, Penn State, Purdue, UCLA. Not really a away game. Out of that schedule, by far, 
USC's protected uh, rival, UCLA. That's probably the easiest game on the schedule. Not really. But could be. And, and let's jump ahead to 2025. Let's look at that schedule. Out of conference. USC hosts Georgia Southern and Clay Helton. Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin. And they travel back to South Bend for Notre Dame. And that game's that game will be in October, regardless. Here's their USC's home games for in conference. Indiana, Michigan State, Nebraska, Penn State, UCLA. Their away game. Minnesota, Ohio State, Rutgers, Wisconsin. So USC will get their first chance to experience the whole jump around thing starting in 2025. If you were a fan of that old school college football scheduling, like I am, like I grew up with, then we are in heaven or Valhalla or whatever place of glorious destiny you want your soul to end up in when you leave this great world. That it, those schedules, just the first two years, something to look forward to. Really exciting. I mean, the Trojans are going to be playing some amazing games. And that includes those out-of-conference schedules that I went over. So the excitement is, it's just, it's going to feel different. You know, we're going to different stadiums that it's good. Every game now is going to have that big game feeling. Not necessarily like a bowl game, but there's just new enthusiasm. And a lot, I've never been to a, quite a few of these stadiums. And, you know, let's take it a step further. This is another advantage that Nick Saban was starting to allude to. Yeah, he was, he was focused on NIL and USC's location. Well, let's think about recruiting right now. You think this type of schedule is going to hurt USC's recruiting in the future? I doubt it. Remember that selling advantage at the SEC and the big conference and the ACC, well, you know, maybe Clemson would use, uh, to recruit against USC? Well, that advantage has been completely removed. It's almost like playing dominoes, and I just slammed 15 on the table. Game over. The, the big scheduling announcement came out Thursday afternoon, and that's just one day ahead of USC hosting two very key official visits. Um, just reminding everyone that Kingston Villamu Asa, the linebacker from St. John Bosco, and Peyton Woodyard, the safety from Bosco, who is right now currently committed to Georgia, um, if they didn't already have enough on their plates, they now take, they now can take an, all this into consideration when they're on their visits with USC. So now the question is, will Peyton still be committed to Georgia after his visit? Uh, because USC is going to be able to sell. Hey, look, we've got the tougher st uh, strength of schedule. We've increased the level of competition that every you know some of you guys were concerned about. Not saying these players specifically, but that's been the you know the stuff that's been going on behind the scenes. Been, that's been used against USC. Can't do it anymore. <clears throat> Pardon me. So if recruits are excited about these games as much as Trojan fans are, and you can hear it in my voice, 
then the enthusiasm is going to start to show up with commitments. And you'll see even more players wanting to transfer to USC through that transfer portal. When, when the Big Ten Conference CEO, Kerry Kenny, explained what went into the first two years of the scheduling, this is what he said, quote, we obviously wanted to acknowledge and learn about their history, referring to USC and UCLA. Obviously, walking into the Big Ten and competing against our current 14 members is an exciting opportunity. Every time one of our teams goes out to play in, in the historic Rose Bowl, in the, in the iconic L.A. Moore Memorial Coliseum, it's going to feel like a special big event. That first time and hopefully every other time after that. So something I was kind of alluding to, just, I was just talking about just a minute ago. In the past, uh, you know, these types of games, like I said, with these types of games at the Coliseum would see huge crowds because they typically wouldn't show up. You know, you would see them once, you know, maybe every two decades, if that. So, and then conversely, we know that whenever USC visits someone else's house, regardless of the conference they're in, that's a sellout. That's, you, that's their biggest game of the year uh, when it's not their natural rival. So all of a sudden now, those road games are gonna have a lot of extra juice and the Coliseum's going to have that same extra juice as well. Uh, Kenny, uh, Kerry Kenny continued, what we really tried to do was balance geography in two, two different ways. Obviously, for our 14 current institutions, we wanted to have everybody play in Los Angeles, either at USC or UCLA, as quickly as possible. And to do that in a, and do that, in a way that we were able to get their fan bases used to going out there and playing those games. Now, on the reverse side of things, we wanted to make sure that we balanced to the extent that we could the travel to the Eastern time zone and the Central time zone for USC and UCLA, where all five of their opponents in a given year on the road weren't going to be their five longest trips of the season or potentially any season. So. USC is going to take three trips to the Eastern time zone in 2024. Uh, USC will visit Maryland, Penn State, and Purdue. The central time zone trip, Northwestern, Chicago. And then USC gets two central time zone games, uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin in 2025. And their two trips to the East will be Ohio State and Rutgers. Now, the good news for USC uh, as far as travel is concerned, in those years when when USC or UCLA are visiting, you know, their crosstown rivalry, so at the Coliseum or the Rose Bowl, that's going to be their fifth road game. Which means USC is going to be playing seven home games every year. So let me, let me put everything in a summation for you here in this first segment. This is how the schedules came about and how the conference championship will be crowned in the Big Ten Conference, Big 16. I'm going to call it the big conference. There are 11 protected rivalries that will take place every season. USC and UCLA is protected. There will be nine conference games for each team every year. The Big Ten, like the Pac-12 did recently, they eliminated their divisional setup. So the top two teams in the conference, they're going to face off in the Big Ten Conference Championship game. The scheduling 
the, the model that they chose guarantees that every Big Ten team will play every other Big Ten team at least once every two years. I like that. Uh, but there's also going to be some teams on that schedule in back-to-back seasons. For instance, USC and UCLA. USC in 2024 and 25. Uh, USC plays Penn State and Wisconsin both years. Uh, on the flip side, UCLA, they're going to be playing Neba- uh, Nebraska and Rutgers in 24 and 25. I'm, I'm going to break down USC's record versus their new uh, conference brothers in the next segment. But first, I want to talk to you about Bird Dogs, the most comfortable pairs of shorts and pants you can wear. Uh, Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts. They are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you that truly sculptured look. So if you've got like soccer thighs or running back thighs, if you're a USC Trojan, you play running back, you should probably be wearing a pair of Bird Dogs. They're, they do the exact same thing that the Lulumon uh, gear does, but they fit way better. So if you are looking for another reason not to buy the Lulumon product, now you have a reason. And their stuff fits way better than your regular shorts because they're not made of that stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs also uses an anti-stink, anti-sweat wicking fabric that's going to keep you cool and dry all day long. So if you're working out, no one's going to know you're working out. They won't smell you, and they won't see any sweat stains either. And they're super comfy to wear. Guys, you like to feel comfy below the belt? Trust me. Get a pair of Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com forward slash locked on college and enter a promo code locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler with every order. That's birddogs.com forward slash locked on college. You won't take your bird dogs off, I promise. And this is what that tumbler looks like. It's really cool. Magnet top, awesome stuff. So I told you I was going to break down. Um, USC's opponents. The USC and their fans, you now know who you're playing in 2024 and 2025. Well, how does USC stack up against those teams that are going to be eventually heading out west? Right now, currently, as of today, June 8th, 2023, USC is 75-30-3 all time against the Big Ten Conference. That does not include their record against UCLA. And it leads 11 of those 12 opponents uh, in the series. So there's of those 12 teams, USC leads in 11 of those series. The only one they don't, it's 500. And of those 30 losses, two of those actually happened pretty recently. A couple holiday bowl games. You might have been there. You might remember them. So here's USC's record against Illinois, 11 and 2 overall. Indiana, 4 0. Iowa, 7 and 3. One of those recent losses came to Iowa in the Holiday Bowl. USC is 6 and 4 against Michigan. However, USC is only 4 and 4 against Sparty from Michigan State. That's going to change. USC is 6 1 and 1 against Minnesota. They are 4 0 and 1 against Nebraska, 5 and 0 against Northwestern. 13-10-1 against Ohio State, 6-4 against Penn State, 
three and one against Purdue, six and one against Wisconsin. That's the other most recent loss. And then the two teams they have never played before in their past. Believe it or not, USC has never played Maryland or Rutgers. And to put everything in perspective, USC leads the series against UCLA 52-33 to with seven ties. Here's a quick rundown of USC's 2024 opponents. Again, USC will open the season against LSU in Las Vegas in the kickoff classic. Now, USC, LSU, they've met twice previously. And they both won on the other team's home field. So USC won 23 to 3, excuse me, 17 to 12 in Baton Rouge. That was back in 1979. LSU came out to the Coliseum and kicked USC's butt 23 to 3 in 1984. When this game arrives in a year, there's probably just going to be a little bit of animosity or hostility left between uh, the two fan bases that were forced to split the 2003-2004 National Championship. Uh, let me add a little bit to uh, the billboard right now. USC will open that season 1-0. LSU fan, did you hear that? Next game of the season, USC hosts San Jose State. Um, USC has played San Jose State five times. They're 5-0. They'll be 6-0. <clears throat> They'll be 6-0 this year because uh, it looks like they're going to be playing San Jose State back-to-back -back seasons. And then November 30th is, is the out-of-conference game against Notre Dame. That should be the last game of the season unless uh, UCLA is scheduled to be the last game of the year. Whether that's... Uh, we'll see. We'll see how the conference championship game, when that lines up. And then here are the dates, here are the games without dates that USC will be playing. We know um, they're playing at UCLA that year. So you, we don't need to go over that. Uh, road game at Penn State. This will be the 11th time they're meeting and between the two schools. I mentioned USC leads the uh, series 6-4. to four, And they actually have a three-game winning streak going on right now over the uh, over the. Nittany Lions, the last two coming in the Rose Bowl, 2009-2017. Remember Matt Bormeister doing the dap, running off the field after the game-winning field goal? This is going to be the first time USC heads to Happy Valley, though, since 1994. And uh, we'll see what happens. Looking forward to that. Probably going to be a whiteout. Penn State likes to wear their white unis. I can't imagine USC wearing their white, their white road uniforms. I think it would look awesome to see that Cardinal jersey with that whiteout backdrop. Let's make that happen. Wisconsin, USC six and one all time. Um, I mentioned the twenty-three. To, well, I didn't mention the score, but USC lost to Wisconsin in twenty fifteen in the Holiday Bowl, twenty-three to twenty-one. Prior to that, the last time uh, these two teams played, nineteen sixty-six. And that was in the Coliseum. USC throttled 38-3. The last time Ohio State visited the Coliseum, I believe that was the score. Or was it 35-3? Whatever. It was very similar. <clears throat> Iowa. USC is 7-3 against Iowa all time. 
last time they played, the 2019 Holiday Bowl, the other loss that USC had to the Big Ten Conference. And they got there. That, was that wasn't a fun game. Iowa pretty much did what they wanted. Final score, 49-24. to 24. That broke the six-game winning streak that USC had at the time over Iowa, including um, getting their butts handed to them 55 to nothing in the Coliseum back in 1976. In between then and then, in between the 76 game and the loss to Iowa in 2019, USC, uh, they beat up on Iowa in the Orange Bowl, 2003. That was Carson Palmer's Heisman year. Michigan, they're going to be visiting the Coliseum in 2024. USC is 6-4 against the Wolverines. And each of the past seven meetings have been inside the Rose Bowl. The last time Michigan and USC played a regular home-and-home -home series, that was back in 1957 and 1958. Michigan swept those games. Let's see what happens in 2024. <clears throat> And then USC travels to Maryland. Again, I mentioned first time for meeting both of these programs. USC is at Northwestern. Uh, USC is 5-0 against uh, the Wildcats. Last time they played was the uh, that really fun Rose Bowl game back in 1996. Keyshawn Johnson. Last time USC played Northwestern in Chicago or in Evanston was back in 1968. I was one year old. USC will also play Purdue at Purdue. USC is 3-1 uh, against the Boilermakers. And the last, uh, this is just going to be the second time USC is heading to West Lafayette. Uh, they were there in 1976, um, the year they hosted Iowa, believe it or not. So this is almost like it was meant to be, USC eventually joining the big conference. Took a while. But... Um, when, you, when USC went out to Purdue, they won 31 to 13. The last time Purdue came to LA, that was, uh, what, 1997, Drew Brees, and the thermometer broke. It was 117 degrees. It was hot. And I mentioned Illinois. USC is 11 and two all time against those guys. Last time they played 2008 Rose Bowl, USC just did what they wanted. But believe it or not, both of the Illinois wins against the Trojans came against at the Coliseum. One was in 1935. The other was in 1989. Yeah. So there you go. USC and the big conference. They've got their first two years scheduled. If you're not excited about that, I don't know what gets you excited. I cannot wait. And, uh, I have a feeling the recruits, they're looking at these schedule and going, you know what? I don't need to leave the state anymore. They're going to see other parts of the country and they can do it wearing their homeschool colors, cardinal and gold. I hope everybody else is excited. All right, third segment of the show. It's time for, my, for me to get my Friday rant going. You know, here, there was some uh, some initial reactions when the new schedule came out. And, of course, the Big Ten fan had to kind of chime in. Some of them were kind of humorous um, because they love to bring out 
Ooh, now USC's going to find out what it's all about playing in the cold weather environments. Find out what it's like playing in November back east. Sometimes I wonder, I really do question the intelligence of some people. Um, you know, like, let's say USC has to play Penn State in Happy Valley in November. Fine. Is that going to be really any different than playing in Pullman, Washington in November? Both places get cold. I've seen USC play in the snow in Pullman. I think USC will be able to handle it once a year, maybe twice a year. I mean, literally, if they act like USC has never played in Pullman or Corvallis or Eugene in November, those places get cold, folks. I mean, I cannot wait for the year when one of those East Coast teams has to come play at USC in September for a 3.30 kickoff when it's 100 degrees or more outside. Yeah? Can't wait. Let's see who's talking then. Look, here's my next rant. Just when I thought we were done having to deal with those ugly Oregon uniforms, here comes Maryland. What are you guys wearing? Figure out what your helmet is. Let's start there. And then work down. I don't know. Come on, guys. I'm a big traditionalist. USC has two colors, cardinal and gold. When they play on the road, they wear a white jersey. Gold pants, cardinal trim. Their helmet stays the same. I don't know what's going on with Maryland. Figure it out. Um, I got a question. Should bowl games be held out of the country? I read recently that the Big 12 Conference is considering holding a postseason bowl game in Monterrey, Mexico, starting in 2026. That's going to go in conjunction with having some basketball games held in Mexico during the regular season. I get it. You know, a lot of their conference members are, you know, within a 400, 500 mile uh, travel distance of Mexico City. Um, so, I don't know, maybe it'll be safer to travel to Mexico uh, in 2026. But safety concerns aside, and that was really the most minimal part of my question, should an extra game be held in another country? I know Notre Dame likes to play in Ireland to open the season. And I know the Bahamas is considered, technically, it's another country. But it's literally, the Bahamas are like the Hawaii of the East Coast. In fact, it's probably closer than Hawaii is to the West Coast. So after spending money all year traveling for away games, do you want to ask your fan base, hey, get your passport in order. You're going to Mexico. I mean, I suppose that's one way to sell tickets to a lower-tiered bowl game. Otherwise, why? Why do it? I mean, the 12-team playoff format is going to be well into its third year. Um, so how much interest will there be from the fans? I mean, I suppose, you know, two of their new conference members, maybe BYU, Cincinnati, I don't know, Houston. Um, they might look forward to paying for a trip to Monterey, Mexico. I think it'd probably be a great place to vacation. I'm just, you know, again, 
I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really planning a flag on this hill. I'm not going to die on this hill with this argument. I just don't know if it's fair to the fans, is what I'm saying. And I know, look, in the past, there's been some other international games. You have that, the International Bowl in Toronto, Canada. Again, you can drive across the border into Toronto. You can drive across the border to Mexico, too. But that game in Toronto doesn't exist anymore, just letting you know. By the way, did you know that there was something called the Bacardi Bowl that was played in Havana, Cuba? That happened sometime back in the 1900s. I had no idea that bowl game existed. But yeah, a bowl game sponsored by a rum company? I don't think I'm opposed to that, to be honest with you. Maybe we, they can do that somewhere in the United States. All right, there you go. That's another episode of Locked on USC in the Books. My rant is over. It wasn't much of a rant. I just Some things I like to get off my chest at the end of the week. I'm going to be back next week with another five episodes of Locked on USC. I'm going to be able to recap more recruiting news, let you know how the visits went this weekend. Maybe we'll have some more commitments. You'll know. But until then, when you're not watching Locked on USC, making your first listen every day, make sure you're heading on over to WeRC.com. Myself, Scott Schrader, Eric McKinney, Chris Arledge, Greg Katz, Rich Rubin, if you're a basketball fan, we are throwing up a lot of content for you. Jump on that VIP subspecial. You won't be sorry. So, everyone, have a great weekend. Until that next episode of Locked on USC, everyone, you know what to do.